when we talk about building relationships of trust, trust is built by the prospect viewing you at a much higher status than them in what you're conversing about. The way they build that trust where they view you as the expert is the questions you're asking that cause them to think deeper about what you're asking. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Jeremy Miner, and he says the single most effective way to sell anything to anyone is to be a problem finder and a problem solver, not a product pusher. For Jeremy Miner, the embodiment of this philosophy has made him one of the wealthiest sales professionals on the planet. During his 17-year sales career, he was recognized in the direct selling industry as the 45th highest earning producer out of more than 108 million salespeople selling anything worldwide. Jeremy's earnings as a commission-only salesperson were in the multiple seven figures every year, and he's the chairman of the Seventh Level, a global sales training 7th Level was ranked number one fastest growing training company in the U.S. in 2020 and 2021 by Inc. Magazine, Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies list. Jeremy's particular brand of sales training pioneers, the unique use of behavioral science and human psychology within the sales process. Reflective of his deep studies in the subject from Utah Valley University, this scientific method of selling created by Jeremy has helped over 393,000 and counting salespeople in 37 countries over the last three years to three times X, four, five X, even 10 X their sales results. And he is a contributor for Inc. Magazine and has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, Entrepreneur Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and a host of other publications on the topic of sales, persuasion, and the role of psychology and human behavior in the buying process. And you'll get to hear about his new book, The New Model of Selling, Selling to an Unsellable Generation, which is co-authored by Jeremy Cuff, the CEO of Delta Point Consulting. And of course, it's available. You can go to Barnes & Noble. We'll talk more about that. And he'll share a little bit more about how to get that. And we're going to talk a lot about ways to talk to your prospects. So listen up. We'll have that next. But first, it's time for the marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to continue to help you build your brand and your bottom line. So I wanted to continue on the 50 ways in 50 days that either pepper shock or you can promote your, your brand. So either we can help you with these some of these tactics or you can do some of these things on your own or have them done with you or done for you based on where you might be in your marketing journey and all of the things that are happening. So we're gonna keep on the list here. So we're at number 18 having a responsive website, meaning that it'll respond to whatever kind of device that somebody is looking at it. If it's a tiny mobile screen to iPads, to touch screens, to smart TVs, to laptop or desktop computer and, a, and whatever kind of browser that they're using. 
Having that responsive website can help you make sure that people can see it, that it's legible, and that it will fit anytime, anywhere, any place that has Wi-Fi, of course. And of course, thinking about how you can use those webinars and putting them on your website, putting them on YouTube, being able to talk about the expertise that you have in your about your brand or your industry and being able to maintain and making them look live or ever ready content that whenever they can be webinars on demand, webinars are another tactic that you can use to help build your email list, to build that trust in your expertise in your industry, being able to have in those webinars, some customer success stories, employee stories, all the things, right? Then, And if you want help with setting up a webinar system to make that happen and inviting people and getting people to come to the webinar on a regular ongoing basis, those that's another tactic. And then of course, another thing that you can think about is In the education space, being able to present and speak to colleges or universities or trade schools, educating your future buyers, right? These people are all going to be graduating soon and they're going to be entering into the workforce if they're not already there. And they can come to know and learn about you. And that's happened. I've been doing this business for 20 years and I have spoke to many different guest lecturing, speaking engagements. I also now teach, you know, at Boise State. These are our potential employees and or customers that could buy from us someday. So thinking about the next generation and, and, and then, of course, they have word of mouth, too, to their parents, their employers, their people that, that are in their circle of influence. So utilizing that as a tool. Other things like Quora.com or Reddit, places to post discussions, you know, being able to have people ask you questions, ask me anything, and being able to show and share your expertise. It's not like you're giving away the farm, you're not giving every tip and tactic away, but you can help them, guide them, and then when they're ready to buy from you, they'll trust you, they'll know you, they'll come to know you more. QR codes, we talked about that on business cards, uh, but utilizing QR codes now that people, thanks to the pandemic and, you know, having to do paperless menus at restaurants or, you know, understanding instructions, QR codes are now readily available and we can use QR codes in different languages and different ways of going about it. Uh, Driving traffic to a landing page or a sales funnel page, all things that you can use with QR codes. Guest blogging or guest articles, whichever way you want to call it. Maybe some people call them articles. Some people can turn it into blog articles, utilizing guest blogging. And then, you know, if you need help drafting or coming up with ideas of things to write about, that copywriting. And of course, there's all kinds of AI tools that can assist. I wouldn't necessarily solely rely on what the AI tool spits out, but um, you can use that as a, as a tool and we can ha- help show you ways that you can use AI prompts that will help you in your uh, guest blogging uh, ventures if you'd like. But the nice thing about it is it's tying people back to your website. If you use backlinks, getting people interested in reading what you have to say, it can tie to your bio. Um, but if you get a blog article on bigger blog sites or you know established websites, that's always very helpful to being able to do that. And of course, photography is another idea of tactic to use. Get 
um, some high quality photos of you and your team or your products or being able to showcase what it is that you do, if it's a service or a product, doesn't matter, utilizing really good photography and lighting and thinking about how you're going to stage it and what it's going to look like and using those for your socials, using those for your website, your brochures, if you have them, leave behind pieces, palm cards, direct mail pieces, whatever it is, right? Having that photography and and being able to hire a professional is going to help you with the quality and making your brand be featured and highlighted in a special way. And then of course, sharing those photos. And if you need touch-ups or, you know, kind of creating with color correction or grading or anything like that, um, creating memes and quote cards and those types of things that you can use to share out to your socials and help accelerate the viral ability <laughs> Virability, right? Um, getting people to share the content that you've created because it's funny or entertaining or educational or whatever you're wanting to, whatever your goal is that you want to accomplish. Um, those are things that we can think about. Donating to a charity, a worthy cause, or setting up sponsorships for the nonprofits, for example, that sponsorship exposure can really result, you know, you're, you're being kind-hearted, you're helping an organization, but then getting your brand associated with the brand that you're uh, assisting, right? And being able to fulfill those sponsorships and making sure that they're right in alignment with your your brand values and, and your company, right? So, so finding the right nonprofit fit and contributing to them, getting your brand exposed to the people who support that organization as well, like-minded people. And then, you know, the the ripple effect to that could be that you end up doing business with those who are also supporting that brand in, in the nonprofit world or the board members or the people who are also wanting to be, you know, philanthropic and donating and getting the sponsorship exposure to those things. If it's a gala event that you can attend the event, have your, you know, logo up on the big screen or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's, um, you know, all of the promotions leading up to the event. Having that name association with a feel-good charity that you can give money to that is the right fit is helpful. Podcasts, right? Like this one, I think um, being on a podcast or hosting your own podcast can really help get your expertise out in the world. Um, and we can help with that. We have a website called potterific.com, potterific.com. If you're interested in having our help with podcasting, definitely something to look into to see how you can use that and leverage that. And then slice and dice all of the audio and video that come from it if you record the video as well. And then using those on your socials and having content for weeks. <laughs> because of it. So there's that. And then there's the other idea of having a second language, marketing to another audience that can help you get a whole new market because now you've done things in another language and being able to attract new business opportunities from being able to have a second language. Continuing to build your email list and we can help do targeting email lists and and of course promotions to help with that um, to continue to create the email content and the links and the and of course tracking all the opens and clickers and bouncers and and then also following up with the people that click on particular things things in your emails, being able to put together a drip campaign, meaning if they click on something specific, you want to give them more information about whatever it is that they clicked on in the email and tracking all of that and then growing your list, continuing to grow that list. We've, we've mentioned that, but it's just important. A LinkedIn company page is another idea and a LinkedIn profile for you if you don't have one, right? LinkedIn is rapidly growing. It's definitely the professional social media platform to be on and being able to have LinkedIn articles on, on your LinkedIn 
company page and or profile. That's going to be helpful. And then of course, if you do videos for LinkedIn, that's another idea. And then of course you can repurpose those for doing YouTube videos or doing a YouTube video series to help continue to build your brand that way. And speaking of video, thinking about video testimonials from the current clients that you have and what they would have to say and why. And then it's kind of helping to accelerate word of mouth again because they are saying it, not you, right? Your, your own clients are telling everybody about what you do and how you work for them and what you've done for them. Uh, those client testimonials or video testimonials are super helpful. Speaking of video, we can do video SEO. So being able to do the metadata on the videos themselves can also help you. And of course, Google owns YouTube and having video on YouTube also then can help with video in the search engine results in helping to have different titles and show notes and things in the videos. Video pre-rolls, having 15 second video pre-rolls that you pay for that will play before or during an intended video to watch. And you can do those as forced watches um, or you can skip the Ad, but those can help and you can have a link with it, having a banner ad, those types of things. Uh, video banner ads, you can have banner ads with motion and movement. Those are really good. And then video annotations, having links inside the videos that we create that then will open and drive traffic to a landing page or a, a funnel site or whatever action you want them to take. Directory listings is another, um, including your website in Google+, Bing, Yahoo, all of the places that you can have directory listings. Event listings. If you've got events coming up or you are going to have a webinar or you're going to do a workshop or a training or a how-to, um, having the places online calendars would be amazing to continue to have those community calendars with your information, business calendars, of course, Chamber of Commerce, newspaper calendars, all of those places that you can post your events to. Video news releases, another idea. It looks like a press release, but it's all a video. It's it's incorporating interviews and B-roll footage um, that we can shoot and, you know, having professional broadcast quality cameras, lights, mics, and more. But making, again, newsworthy information that's out there. Of course, doing something newsworthy, we can help you with that. We talked about that. Uh, oh, this is really cool. When you have a new hire, um, you can put out a release to say that you've hired a new employee. It shows, it shows and talks about the new employee, but also talks about your brand and it shows that you're hiring and growing. And so now, you know, good things can come from that. And it's excellent employer branding to showcase that you've hired someone amazing. And now you need to tell the whole world about it. It's great for the culture. It's great for the new employee. It's a good way to showcase your brand in a positive way. Radio show interviews, that's another thing that can happen if people have syndicated radio shows, you can be an expert on the radio show depending on what type of content you can provide. Other things like leave behind pieces, so flyers, brochures, palm cards, door hangers, direct mail, all those pieces that you can print, right? <laughs> it's still here, it's still alive. Print is still alive and people um, can have something tangible to touch and then of course getting it distributed and either mailed or passed out or whatever um, ways for distribution. Car wraps is another idea. Wrapping your car with your logo or your, you know, saying or, or information or your website, um, having contact information, having those professionally wrapped on the side of the vehicle, or even using magnets. Sometimes that can be another way to get your brand out there in the world. 
Okay, next time we're going to cover a few more uh, just tactics and tips and ideas of things that you can do to help you continue to build your brand and bottom line. Don't get overwhelmed. You don't have to do all these things all at once. Pick out a few that make sense to you that you can do or hire us to help you with or any agency, really. We can we can help with that if there are certain things that you can't take on your own um, because either you don't have the time to do it or maybe the talent to do something. Um, we're here to help you. We're here to guide you and help you in that journey. So we'll cover a few more next time. But until then, reach out to me. Let me know if there are any of these tips or tactics that you you have taken or want to take. I want to hear from you. Maybe you've got some great ideas too. Let's hear it. You can always email me at hello at themarketingexpedition.com or find me on any of the social media platforms. I'm out there in the world, um, but would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Jeremy Miner. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. It's an honor. I uh, appreciate it uh, to be on here. I'm all yours. Excellent. Ask me any question you want that's going to help everybody uh, listening in or watching us. It'll be fun. Absolutely. We'll go on this marketing journey together. So let's just give a bit of a background. I know we had your bio, but just share a little bit uh, about the history of how you got to where you are now. It's pretty incredible. I'm going to give you a basic overview because I don't want to bore everybody to death. So <laughs> I got started in, you know, obviously we have a sales training company, Seventh Level, started four years ago, but a long time ago, got my first uh, start in sales, 21 year old, you know, broke, burned out college student, and got my first job selling home security systems door to door. If anybody's listening or watching, you know, who in here started door to door? And basically, you know, straight commission. So they hire everybody. They basically, long story short, they give you a script, mm -hmm. a couple of books by the sales gurus, drive you out in a van, basically kind of kick you out of the van and say, hey, go make some sales. We'll, we'll pick you up after dark. It's going to be easy, yeah. right? Yeah, they say it. I still remember looking back at my sales manager. His name was X Sane. I still remember his name. I love that guy. And he said, Jeremy, don't forget. When they open the door, show them how much you believe in the product, show them how excited you are, and they're gonna be excited as well. They're gonna believe in it if you show them your belief. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. If I show them I believe in it, if I show them how wonderful it is, they're gonna think it's awesome and they wanna buy. And so I started doing this. So I first door started knocking on, I was really excited talking about the product and the features and the benefits and how we were the number one this and we were the best this and they should buy from us because of this. And I started noticing from the very first door, I started getting tons of objections. We don't need it. Your price is too high. We can't afford it. We already talked with somebody from your company, Jeremy. I need to do more research. I need to keep looking around. I need to talk with my spouse. I need to think it over. Can you call me back in a week, a month, a year later? Mm -hmm. Right? If anybody ever get any of those objections. Right. And I started to, to realize that there was something to this selling more than what they were training me. Let's just put it that way, mm -hmm. right? So I remember all this nonstop rejection, you know, probably almost two months in, barely making any sales. And when you're straight commission, you barely make any sales. 
we don't get paid anything, right? As it should be, right? Company can't pay it for nothing. So I remember standing on the curve one late, I think it was like a Friday or Saturday night. This is like still very vivid in my mind sometimes. I was, I was saying this to a keynote a couple weeks ago up in Utah. And I remember standing there like my legs completely like worn out, exasperated. You know, when you go door to door, like walking all day, like you just get really tired real quick. And I remember I made zero sales that day after 12 hours. So $0 that entire week, zero sales, $0. And I remember standing there thinking to myself, you know, maybe selling, maybe selling just wasn't for me. You know, I still remember in my mind, like, I just wasn't born a salesperson like all these other people. Like, I need to get a real job. I still remember thinking that in my mind. And I remember the manager picked me up that night and everybody else, and he popped in this Tony Robbins CD. Mm. You know, people listen to these round things, 22 <laughs> years old, you know? Right. And Tony, Tony says something like this. I, I might be completely butchering it, but the, the point is, he said, you will fail if you don't learn the right skills necessary to succeed. You will fail if you don't learn the right skills. Now he went on to say, everyone is taught skills to some degree. But he said, Pete, the people who fail are the ones who are just not taught the right ones. And he goes on to say that there is a difference in different skill levels. There's some skills in the same area that is going to give you a far better result than others. And I had never conceptualize that before. I never thought, I just thought skills were skills. I thought, oh, sales skills are just sales skills and everybody should just sell the same. I did not know that, okay? So it was kind of like a light bulb moment went off in my head that maybe what the company was training me that I was working for and what I was learning from what I called now the old sales gurus, no pun intended, because I'm getting old, <laughs> maybe they just weren't the right skills anymore. Maybe they were just outdated. Maybe they just weren't as effective. I'd never thought that that could be a possibility before. So at the same time this was going on, uh, my major in college, because I was going to college at the same time, was human behavior and, uh, and human psychology, okay? Uh, so behavioral science, basically, and human psychology. So I won't give the scientific stuff, but basically human behavior is the study of the brain. Why human beings and society at large make certain decisions? Why do they go left instead of going right by just some, some sign that says go left? Like what causes us to do that? Why do we say no instead of say yes? Really sales, right? Decision making. So my professors in college, they were sharing with us that the most effective way to communicate was here. Sales gurus in their books, they were saying it was here. So it's like exact opposite. It, it was like completely opposite. We're not talking about they met in the middle, like it was opposite. So I'm like, how do I take, you know, what I'm learning from my uh, behavioral scientists? Okay, one of them was Robert Caldini. Have you ever heard of Robert Caldini? It sounds familiar. I'll have to check it out. Persuasion yeah, influence. Yeah. Yeah. One of the professors I was studying at the time, all right? And so basically, how do I take this theory? Because in all these books, it wasn't like there was a step-by-step -step sales structure with the right questions as to the right time with the right tone. It was more like studies and data that says, you know, if you're too excited, you're going to trigger sales resistance, but they don't show you like what to do instead. So I'm like, how do I take that theory of behavioral science and wrap that into a sales process? How do I make a step-by-step -step sales structure from A to Z with the right questions, the right tone, all of that? So I kind of had to start doing that. I didn't really have a choice because I wasn't making any sales. So I started learning how to use questions and how to shape and change my tone that caused my prospects to pull me in and sell themselves rather than me trying to push and force mm -hmm. and trigger resistance. And when I started to start acquiring those skills, selling, 
started becoming very, very easy and very, very profitable. And that's kind of where my journey started, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I love to to call it relationship building. You know, sales is kind of, people have an icky word associated with it sometimes because they've had that where it's like triggering things, right? So I, I love to say that it's making connections, making relationships, right? Yeah. And, and I want to clarify something. I think you brought up a good point because I think, and I'm not saying that you are, but I think a lot of people, when they hear the term relationship building, here's what a lot of people think. And I'm sure you're not thinking this, but a lot of people think relationship building is getting on a sales call, let's say it's Zoom, and saying, how are you doing today? How's your day going, uh, John? Oh, did you see the game last night? Oh, how many kids do you have? I've got seven kids. See, relationship building and sales, that those type of things in the beginning of a sales conversation do not get a prospect to start to view you like somebody that's going to get them a result. Typically, when you when you ask questions like that, the average prospect interprets those type of chit chat questions is more like, I'm just trying to get you to like me, so you buy my product and service. And why do they interpret that? Even though we might not mean that. It's like the because, fluff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're used to every single salesperson that's ever tried to sell them anything, start with what type of questions? How are you doing today? How's your day going? Did you see the weather? Did you watch the game? And so most prospects, I'm not talking about laydowns, but 90% of your prospects, you're gonna notice that when you start, when people start asking questions like that, because they think they're building a relationship, it actually is causing the exact opposite. It's causing them to more emotionally shut down. And so even though they stay on the call and you ask good questions, you're gonna notice that they give you vague or very general answers. And then at the end, they're like, well, I, this sounds good. I just need to think it over or talk with this person. And then the sale's gone, right? Mm. So when we talk about building relationships of trust, trust is built by the prospect viewing you at a much higher status than them in what you're conversing about, okay, what you're talking about. And that means the only way they can do that is not by you telling them all of your knowledge, because right. that's gonna go in one ear out the other. The way they build that trust where they view you as the expert is the questions you're asking that cause them to think deeper about what you're asking, that cause them to go below the surface and think about things and their issues and problems and where they want to go that they really have not thought about before. That causes them to go into what's called their emotional state, okay, where they basically start to pull you in and they start to build a gap in their mind from where they are compared to where they now want to be. That builds a relationship of massive trust where they view you as understanding their unique situation the most. And when they view you and the company you represent as understanding their unique situation the most, they will always pay you more because they feel like you can get them the best results. So when we say relationship building, it's not idle chit chat that doesn't build relationships. It's asking the right questions with the right tone that cause that prospect to open up and share with us what's really going on, which causes their emotions to come out and their emotions attached to the problem and wanting to do something about solving it. Does that make sense to everybody? Well, absolutely. Do you want to give some examples of maybe some questions that can get people thinking a little deeper? 
Well, okay, give me like an industry specific example because I don't want to give something too generic. Sure, so sure. Um, audience, what, what is your audience like? What are they typically in? What type of business? We have a lot of marketing professionals, leaders, entrepreneurs, and some students too listening. Uh huh. Marketing agencies, trained companies, how to get more leads, new clients. Yeah, okay, sure. So let me give you an example. So this would be like a situation. So let me, let's, you know what? Let's, let's start here. I'll give you an example of what's called the connection question. Okay. Connection questions take the focus off you, put it on the prospect. So let's say they book on the calendar. Do you guys get like inbound leads, I'm assuming? Yeah, or, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, you get inbound and outbound. We train tons of people in your space, just so you know. So inbound, outbound. Let's say it's an inbound lead. They book on the calendar. You show up on Zoom, okay? What should be the first words out of your mouth? Rather than like, hey, how's it going? You know, all that stuff. You're going to look down. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you see me? You know, little things like that. <laughs> Unmute yourself. <laughs> and then you're going to want to go in and you're going to start, even from the very first question you ask, you're going to start to get that prospect into results-based thinking over price or cost-based thinking. Give me an example. What is the, what's a problem that you guys solve in your space? Would it be like a higher quality lead, those type of things? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's being able to create the content uh, because they don't either have the time or the talent to do it. And so they need our uh, advice and ability to do some digital advertising for them. What's the end result of you creating that content? The end result is to grow their company mm -hmm. so they can make more money, right? If they build the brand and their bottom line. Yeah, that's really <laughs> what you're selling, the result of what that branding does. Okay, so it looks like you had um, booked on the calendar about looking at you know possible outside help and really growing your brand so you can scale the business, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. See, that's what I'm doing. That first question looks like you had booked. So I'm looking down at my notes. You know, welcome to the call. Can you hear me? Okay, so it looks like, nice. slow down. I already know what I'm going to ask, but I'm acting like I'm thinking about the question. Because when I act like I'm thinking about the question, it feels natural to the prospect rather than just a scripted question. Okay, okay so it looks like you had uh, booked on the calendar about looking at possible outside help um, in like growing your brand so you guys can scale the business, right? Nobody's going to say no. They're going to be like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Growing your brand so you can scale the business or expanding your brand so you can scale the business or looking at possible outside help with your growing your content or growing your social media so you can expand the business, whatever that is. Yeah, right. Okay, now I was just curious, like when you saw the the ad the other day where they were talking about X, Y, and Z, what, what was it about what they went over that I guess you know, attracted your attention? Well, you see, that's another connection question. Now, situation question. There's a couple connection questions you want to ask there. Let me give you, I got to give you one more. Let me give you one more. Okay, so then you're going to go into what's called a status frame. Okay, now there's obviously tweaks. If it's an outbound lead that you're calling that just gave your name and phone number compared to somebody who booked on your calendar. But for example, let's just say they booked. Then the, you're going to get into what's called a status frame because you've got to help them see that there could be possible next steps at the conclusion of this call. Now, in your with what you do, because we train companies in your industry that do a one call close. We have others that they have a first call discovery, then a second call proposal. What do you typically do on your end? It depends in, in where we're at in the process and how much the client needs us. <laughs> Let's say this example, you're working with a bigger company. 
So it's going to be more than a one call close. I'm just going yeah. to throw it Generally, it's a one, more than once because we've got multiple people involved in, in the process. Yeah. So status frame. So then after I ask a few connection questions, okay, and then I'm going to go into says, okay, so I would say the first part of this call, Rhea, it's, it's really more for us to find out kind of what you're doing right now for your content and how you're building that out and kind of the results you're getting from it compared to where you're wanting that to be. Um, to kind of see what the gap looks like to see if we can help. And then, you know, towards the end of the call, if you feel that, hey, it might be what you're looking for, uh, we can talk about uh, possible next steps. Would that help you guys? Nobody's going to say, no, that would not help us to talk about possible next steps. So notice what I'm doing here. I'm going to show everybody what I just did. Everything I just did was on purpose. The first part of this call is pretty basic. Why would I downplay the call? To build the trust, right? You want to build the trust and establish the the relationship and trust. As a human being, when I downplay something, people what? They want to rise up. Mm -hmm. Now, if I got another like, I'm so excited. This call is going to be amazing. And we're going to, when I upplay it, in their mind, they downplay because that sounds salesy. Now, I'm not going to be negative. I'm just neutral in the beginning because I don't have much trust and credibility 45 seconds into the conversation. Right, right. Okay, so the first part of this call, it's pretty basic. It's really more, watch, everybody watch my hands. It's really more uh, for, for us to kind of find out what you're doing right now as far as like building out your content and like the results you're getting from that. See where my hands are at? Yep, you're you're making it, you know, mid, mid, small to mid to, to higher. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. The results you're getting from that compared to where you're wanting them to be. Yeah, now it's higher. Your hands are higher. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Visually, what just what did I what did I just do in their mind? Visually, you grow their brand. You grew the 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 results of what you're going to get. I'm creating a gap in their mind. The results you're getting compared to maybe where you're wanting them to be to see what that gap looks like. See what I just did to see what the gap looks like to see if we can help. See how I just- too, that's, that's what you're saying is keeping your voice tone neutral and not so overly excited that it's salesy. Calm, collective, and relaxed. That doesn't mean, now that's still assertive. I'm not be like the first part of this call, it's pretty basic. It's more for us to see that's not collective. That's not assertive, but I don't have to be overly excited. I'm just relaxed. Okay. Now let's look at the second part of what I just did there. And then towards the end of the call, if you feel that, Hey, it, it might be what you're looking for. We can talk about uh, possible next steps. Would that help you? Why would I use the words might be what you're looking for? We can talk about possible next steps. Why not say at the end of the call, if you feel it's a good fit for you and we feel you're a good fit for a company, we'll show you the next steps. Fair enough. How does that sound? Yeah, no, because it's a little more pushy and direct and people, you know, they're not ready to make a decision yet. So using those terms of possibility and opportunity. Possible, and, yep, mm -hmm. maybe, or neutral terms. Nobody is ever, after I say that, you're never going to get an A-type personality. It's like, nope, uh, it would not be okay to talk about possible next steps. They can't do that because the word maybe, if you feel like it might be what you're looking for, we can talk about possible next steps. I'm never going to trigger any resistance by that because if I said it this way, like I just said, and towards the end of the call, if you feel it's a good fit for you and we feel you're a good fit for a company, we'll show you what to do next. Fair enough. Well, yeah, you know, that's fair enough, but I didn't say that we're ready to do anything yet. We're still kind of researching. Right. Okay. You're going to trigger that with a lot of A-types, but if I just put in the two words, might be 
what you're looking for. We can talk about possible next steps. That neutralizes it. They don't feel pressure or resistance. Now, one thing you want to stay away from is saying, if you know, if you feel like it's a good fit and we feel you're a good fit for our company, I hate to tell everybody, nobody believes you're going to have a 30 to 45 minute sales conversation and then get to the end and they're like, hey, this is really good. I love this. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're just not a good fit for us. We can't take your money. Nobody believes that. Even if you really have something in place where you would do that, your prospects don't believe that, that if they give you their credit card, be like, I want this, I'm ready to pay 50 grand. Nope, sorry, not a good fit. See, when we say things like that, that most people don't believe, it actually triggers them not to trust you. And the wall of resistance comes up and it's very hard to sell now. They don't trust you. Trust is king in sales. Make sense? Absolutely. Anyways, those are just a few examples. <laughs> I love that. Cloud Campaign helps agencies scale. Like us, we're an agency and we use this for our clients just the same as you could if you're an agency as well. You can onboard more social media clients and charge a higher retainer with leaner teams. It's a powerful all-in-one platform for planning, scheduling, community management and reporting, all for your agency clients to access and they have one dashboard to see all of their social media. They can approve all of the posts that you've created, just like we do for our clients at Peppershock Media. This is a tool for agencies to use for your clients. And if you're a potential client, you want your social media managed, then get a hold of us because we can help you do that too. Go to peppershock.com offers to find out more. So Jeremy, tell us a little bit about what is happening now with your company and then where you want to go and grow into the future. I don't want to brag, but I'll say a few things. You have you have permission. <laughs> it doesn't matter about us. So we, we have grown very rapidly in four years. So the last two years, uh, Inc. Magazine, you know, the rankings of the top 5,000 fastest growing mm -hmm. companies in the U.S. Yeah. So we were ranked number one fastest growing sales training company in the U.S. the last two years in a row. Congratulations. Going very, very, very fast. Yeah. Um, and so, and we're also a big article is about to come out with this from a big uh, sales magazine called Selling Power. It's probably the biggest magazine on sales and sales training companies in the world. And we're going to be ranked in the top 20 sales training companies in the entire world based on our revenue clients results. So that'll be out here in a couple of months. So those are a couple of things. Yeah. So we've grown. We're a fairly large organization now. We have about 140 employees. Um, four years ago, it was me and my assistant. Mm -hmm, nice. Four years later, there's 140 of That's us. Amazing. So rapidly. However, that being said, a lot of times our growth has has gotten so fast. Whereas a company, you know, everybody listening, when you own a company, sometimes you grow so fast that you like literally have to put the foot on the brakes and like spend less on marketing because you're bringing in too many clients. Okay. And, and recruitment. You, <laughs> you bring in too many clients without the infrastructure and employees to support them, then you have fulfillment issues. Then you're gonna have complaints because you're not getting the results that you said you could, and that's going to hurt your brand long-term. So over the last year, sometimes we've literally had to slow down the brakes, slow down our marketing because we were bringing on too many clients and we had to bring in more fulfillment people to support those before we then could turn up the gas or 
and you're gap. shifting from getting more new clients to getting more new employees or more, you know, contractors, people working with you. It's kind of a, a different kind of marketing, right? <laughs> yeah, you've got to have the infrastructure, right? So in your industry as a marketing agency and those type of things, if you bring on too many clients and you can't fulfill, hurts your brand long term. With our company, Seventh Level, we are very, very um, serious about how the brand is it's a long-term brand. We're like, we're not here just to make a bunch of money in five or 10 years and then retire and sell it. We are here for this company to be here in 25 years, to be here in 50 years, in a hundred years, like long after we're all gone here uh, because of the results we get up for our clients. Now, so those awards, you don't get those awards without the results from clients. And that's what they're the most proud of because when we get the awards, that means our clients have gotten crazy results. Otherwise we would never have those growth rates. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great. So tell me, Jeremy, what is your favorite thing to do? What's your favorite thing to do? Outside of work or what? Either way. How about both? Both. Let's, let's talk about both. Well, with work, you're, you're going to think I'm a crazy person, but we do about 180 reels per month on all of our social media. Okay, wow. so that's Instagram, LinkedIn, we're huge on Facebook, huge on IG, uh, you know, TikTok now, we're starting to get big on YouTube. So we do a lot of content. So any type of keynote that I do, any type of workshop, any type of podcast guest experience, I think I did 153 guest appearances on podcasts last year crazy. Uh, this year, I think I'm going to load that down to about a hundred. I'm like, I need less, I need more time. Uh, anything we do, any group trainings we do for clients all gets chopped up and repurposed. Now that's separate from our virtual training courses. Our clients go through those are off limits. Nobody will ever see those unless they're a client unless because they're yep. paying for that advanced training. But I love doing that type of content because typically it helps build your brand. Right, like even even two and a half years ago, our company was like, geez, three thousand percent smaller. And I would say about fifteen months ago is when we started doing those reels. And since then, we have quite literally grown over three thousand percent in the last sixteen months. Most of it has to do with our brain is just everywhere. I love we that success story and being able to use reels and so, you know social media to help elevate. Let me give you an example. So I never even had an Instagram account until October of 2021. Wow. That was the first time they're like, hey, we should start doing stuff on Instagram because we were we had a big following on Facebook. Okay. So I get on IG and about two months later, December of 2021. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about a year and three months ago. We started doing just one reel a day the first couple months. Then it went to two reels a day, then to three, then to four. And on that account right now, let me look. I have 322,000 followers from Lovely. Reels. Nice. 15 months from Reels. There it, you go. It can happen. You give hope to those who try and, you know, it's just the, the tactics that they consistent. take. Consistent. <laughs> Consistency so is key. Like every, every Friday, so the two Fridays a month, all I do on those do, days are shoot those Reels. Now, we do repurpose other content outside of our client training. Okay, like, you know, stuff like this, we repurpose, get it chopped up. As you should. We have a whole social media team that that's their full-time job. That's all they do. And that can really grow your business because you get your brand out there and people are like, wow, that person's the authority of XYZ or whatever it is. But if they don't know who you are, you're you're just, you're, you're hitting your head against the, the brick wall. No, we started offering that for our guests to be able to chop it up, do audiograms, slice it up, you know, make it happen for them because oftentimes people don't have the team 
internally to do it. So we've offered that as part of what we do, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's smart because now you've got all this content, you know, half an hour of content that you otherwise wouldn't normally get to have and use. So quotable moments, quote cards and all the fun things for sure. Yeah. I mean, even from this podcast I'm on with you, they'll probably take five or six of little things I said that are 30 to 60 seconds and you'll see those in reels in about six weeks. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you do with this conversation. That note, I know you have a hard stop coming soon, but let's just uh, go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, any, any final thoughts uh, that you would love to share with our audience and then also how they can connect with you and um, hire you if you'd like to get more clients if you can handle it, right? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just start them with some freebie stuff. Like we'll, you know, we'll give them we'll give them some hors d'oeuvres. We'll give them some some nibbles, <laughs> as we call them. Yeah. Um, so they can just go. I think uh, have them join one of our free Facebook groups. Probably the best one for your audience, for for them learning how to sell more. What they do is have them go to salesrevolution.pro. So salesrevolution.pro. There's about fifty four, fifty five thousand salespeople in there. Entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs. Have them join that. Right when they join that, somebody on my team will have them message over a free training. I'll give them, uh, yeah, I'll give them the NEPQ 101 mini course. Just a, some different questions they can use written down mm -hmm. for different sales situations they're gonna be in, okay? That's awesome. So we'll have them join that for free, little nibbles in there, and then they want more advanced training because we have clients in your industry that, you know, they crush it. I mean business owners that are making multi-millions even a month now in your space, let alone salespeople making a ton of money, 20, 30, 40 grand a month just to salespeople in your industry. So if they want more advanced training for industry specific, have them reach out in there. And then they can also order the new book. Uh, we just had this published. Uh, it just came out. It's a, you don't see the link here, but we were number, this just got released two weeks ago and the Wall Street Journal was the number three top selling book overall for a week straight. And for those who are just listening for the audio, go ahead and say the book title. Yeah, it's called The New Model of Selling, Selling to an Unsellable Generation. So just go to Barnes & Noble, The New Model of Selling, Selling to an Unsellable Generation. If you just go to Barnes & Noble website and type that in, it'll pull it up. Uh, you want to order the physical copy of it so you can mark it up. And what we did, uh, Jerry Acuff and, and myself, the co-author, is we really wrote a tactical book, not just theory, because I get really upset with theories. There's no how-tos. Like we have to put like, you're going to ask this question. Here's here's why you're asking it. Oh, I love examples. I do. I really do. <laughs> tons of different examples. Okay. Tons of different, like, you know, when you get the, I want to think it over objection, here's why you're getting it. Here's what questions to ask to get them to overcome it. Just everything you can think of is right in this book. So just have them go to Barnes and Noble's website, type in the new model of selling, selling to an unsellable generation, and they can get the physical copy there. I think it's like 16 or 18 bucks. Uh, but I can assure you, if they read that, they will make far more than the $18 they spent for the book. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, one more, one more question for those who are only listening to the audio. What are these beautiful pictures that are framed behind you? Can you share just a little bit about that? <laughs> the records? The, the, the awards that you have? Oh, what are, yeah, what, uh, I know what they are, but what are those? There's a lot of different awards back there. So <laughs> these, records, these records are like a, a SaaS platform that we do our marketing through called ClickFunnels. So this is when you do like a million dollars in one funnel in revenue. This is when you do $10 million in revenue in one funnel. And then they also have a $25 million, $50 million, $75 and $100. We've also got awards where we won the $50 million. They're just in that room because those are like half the wall. That's award. right. That's right. And I, 
I can't get them in here in this so, office. So you'd be happy to know that Russell, who created ClickFunnels, is lives about 20 minutes from, from me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just, uh, I'm in his like advanced inner circle mastermind. So I'm going to Mexico with him and I think 20 other entrepreneurs here in about two weeks to hang out. Fantastic. So I like Russell. I don't know him personally, but I've met him, you know, sh shaking hands hugging the babies Getting with them pictures, and yeah. we, got, we got all the awards up on stage. I just wanted our audience to know, you know, the, the success that you've had because I love having guests who have proven what they do works and being able to share that expertise. So yeah. The Cook Bones event in September. So you're talking about six months ago or whatever. We won the $25 million award for one funnel. Nice. Um, we don't have it in here. And I believe we just got the $50 million one. We just haven't like sent it off the, you know, the financials. You'll get so there. We're, get, we're getting there. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, congratulations on all of your successes and the journey that you have been through and are going through. And, we're you know, still going through the journey. We're, we're going through it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. And um, for all of those that are listening, uh, go to the Barnes and Noble, get the book and, you know, go, go check out Jeremy Miner and all the things that he has to offer. Jeremy, uh, any final thoughts before we part today? Uh, you know, if you, if you think about what sales and selling really is in one word, it's change. So what you think about all selling is, is change. And it's about how good you are at getting the prospect to view in their mind that by changing their situation, that means purchasing what you're offering is far less risky for them than them doing nothing at all, staying in the status quo, their problems stay the same and nothing ever changes, which is more risky. So think about that next time. It's your job as the sales professional or the company to help the prospect overcome that fear of change because selling is all about change, yet human beings don't like change, even though we say we do. And why do we not like it? Because it makes us feel uncomfortable, especially when it's initiated by some pushy salesperson who's ready to pitch their products or services too early in a conversation. And repeatedly human behavior shows that we value something that is more familiar to us even if we don't like it that much, over something that is new, something that is foreign to us. So all selling is change, yet human beings don't like change, and it's your job to help them overcome that fear of change so they purchase to get where they want to be. There you go. I love it. That's so awesome, Jeremy. Thank you so much. There's a quotable moment. We can use that for an audiogram, can't we? Be real. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me today from sunny Arizona, right? <laughs> Enjoy Boise, Idaho. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be meeting your boy Russell here in a couple weeks down in uh, Mexico. We'll be thinking about you while you're up at in Boise, cold, you know, yeah. trying to get a plan. <laughs> at the end of March, we'll be down. I don't even know where we're going to Mexico. I, had, I haven't looked it up yet. Somewhere. I think it's Cancun. I'm not sure though. <laughs> I could be wrong. That's awesome. I love I love it. it. And it's a good time to go when it's all nice and cold up here. So I'm sure he'll enjoy it as well as you. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeremy. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for Jeremy and I and all of the guests that we've had is to give us a review. Share this with others that you know that need to hear what Jeremy had to say today. And uh, until next time, everyone, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.